three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight, we have Toddy Baseball in the building. How are you doing tonight, Toddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. It's a, it's a Tuesday, you know. Um, it's always funky for me. I don't ever feel like it's enough to for me to feel good. But I don't feel bad today. So. <laughs> We're not close enough to Friday. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, especially like the, the weird schedule at Burton right now. Yeah, yeah, the, um, uh, the new test. The, the, the black test. day, the weird Tuesday, yeah. masquerading as a, as a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I get kids who tell me, like, it feels like a Friday already. Like, tomorrow is going to feel like a Friday because they have right. that, that block. Yeah, that is a disappointing thing to get to the end of the day and realize you still have two more days left. <laughs> I got you. Um, and I was, like, for you as a, on the teacher side, do you feel like you prefer the block schedules or the, the everyday seven periods? I, I like variety. Mm. So I, I like the the change. Um, I spent a lot of time in retail, um, managing bookstores, and so I I got really used to a, a variety of shifts during the week. You know, like some mm. seven to four, some eleven to eight, some three to twelve, and um, it, it really it gives you so much lifestyle flexibility having that kind of schedule that I miss it a ton. It wouldn't be possible now that I have kids and with the current job that I have, but man, I miss it a lot. For sure. I, that's totally something I didn't know about uh, your experience, your past. Uh, I'm sure hopefully we could get touch on it a little bit as we go through the interview. Um, yeah, for sure. But for the folks out there and for your, yourself as well, if you're unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we typically do a quick warm up. Um, and then after that, we'll jump into a couple icebreakers to cool things down. After the icebreaker, we'll turn to the Wheel of Fate, where we'll spin the wheel, whichever number it lands on. That's how the conversation will flow. And after all that, we'll head out to some closeout questions. Sound good to you? Sounds perfect. All right. Well, before we all do that, um, my very first question for you is, how have you been? You've been doing well. You've been doing great. How you been lately? I've been doing well. Um, this has been a difficult year. I was on sabbatical last year, so I was home with my kids all year. And that was beautiful, really hard, but but beautiful, like, you know, one of those once in a lifetime opportunities. And coming back to work was both like wonderful because I love my job and I love like the energy of teenagers is there's really nothing like it. Um, I've worked at places where a lot of the people I worked with kind of lived their lives like everything had already like exciting had already happened to them. Mm. And, you know, like it was summer. So you go to your lake house and it was winter. So you went skiing and like every year was the same routines and the same trips and, um, and like the same Bud Light. And, and it, it was, uh, there's something kind of soul sucking about being around that all the time and just kind of thinking like, is that, is that it? Is that all there is? And being around teenagers is the exact opposite of that. So coming back this year has been um, wonderful, but also incredibly difficult because it's the first time I've been away from my son mm. because he was born in November of 2019. So he's a pandemic baby. And then we were home, you know, quarantine happened and we were home with him. And then Zoom school happened and I was home with him. And my wife, who is also a teacher at Burton, was on sabbatical that year um, so that our daughter could start kindergarten. And... Um, then I was on sabbatical. So it was like sending him to preschool for the first time, being away from him for the first time, and then him getting sick mm. for the first time. And he caught everything. He got RSV and was hospitalized with it. Um, we, we got COVID. Uh, we got norovirus. So everybody's thrown up. And like, I, met, I have missed over 20 days of work this year because of the illnesses in our family. Mm. So is a long way of saying right now after two months knock on wood of not being sick i am great <laughs> <laughs> i got you i got you um that's wild and that's such a like i feel like there's so many ups and downs through the past yeah. couple of years for y'all um it's been a roller coaster for sure hopefully there's some it calms down a little bit and things can yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm crossing my fingers yeah same here same here uh i loved how you Describe what it's like working with teenagers, man. Because I don't think I've ever been able to kind of formulate it when people ask me, like, why do you want to deal with kids all the time? 
yeah, there's a, a small measure, at least a small measure of insanity to it. Hey, you know, I think we're all a little insane. Um, but sure. <laughs> what's it called? Yeah, the the whole thing about you you said it was soul sucking, right? Um, I think I have a lot of friends who are kind of in that right now, where they don't feel like what they're doing is fulfilling. Um, but it pays the bills and, you know, they make better money than I do. Um, but it, it does feel like, like they look at me looking, looking like I figured it out and I'm looking at them like they figured it out. Um, but I guess the grass is always just greener on the other side, right? Sometimes. Um, yeah. I have lots of friends in tech and we have the same conversations. Like they're like, you know, you seem to have figured out you have job security at this point, you have good health benefits and, um, and you don't have to worry about a contract, you know, like your contract is, is solid. We're working on like a two year contract. And then the likelihood is I'm going to be unemployed for six months looking for jobs constantly before I find another place and another contract. And that level of stress is something I can't wrap my head around. But then what I can wrap my head around is $250,000 a year for those two years of their contract. Right. So, um, <laughs> you know, there are trade-offs like life is, is all about trade-offs for sure for sure um but yeah well thank you for for letting me know how you're doing i'm glad to hear things have been great this past couple months <laughs> let's move on to the warm-up and then right. my first question for you in the warm-up is what would you like the audience to know about you i know you mentioned a few couple things but you know if you're meeting strangers for the first time with something you just want them to know about you right off the bat uh, okay um i am happier today than I've ever been in my life. Mm. And yesterday I was happier that day than I'd ever been in my life previous to that. Um, and my life is not easy. Uh, my days are long. Um, the, the work both at work and at home never ends. Um, but I have a family that I never thought I'd have and that I always wanted. Mm. And, uh, at least once a day, both my kids crawl into my lap and want to just be close to me. And it's really hard to complain about anything in, in your life when you have that kind of like unconditional love. And so um, I love my job as a dad. I love my job as a husband and I love my job as a teacher. And um, all those things kind of, you know, build that. I feel incredibly lucky, blessed, fortunate, and happy today that's what's up man um very heartwarming for sure <laughs> i was gonna ask you did you always have this uh this point of view with your life you know was it finding happiness every day or more happiness every day or was it something no. that just yeah <laughs> kind of had to grow into was there um, if you can speak on it was there like some kind of turning point or a re so revelation i think um I, I view my life as a series of stepping stones and those stepping stones usually coincide with, um, pretty big mistakes mm. and, um, you know, being bad at a job or doing something that I'm not proud of, um, hurting somebody, uh, being hurt, you know, like, uh, the, the decisions you make for in, like in a relationship, for example, that end up leading to the demise of the relationship. And you know, that, you know, you played a big part, even if you're not the one that made the decision at the end, you played a big part in that decision happening. And then like the fallout from that, you know, um, uh, I used to work for the Oakland A's and I was terrible in that job. I, I was miserable in it. And I think I probably really left a bad impression on a lot of people there because of how bad I was at the job and like how little interest I had in doing it well um, because I wanted something different. And um, so like mistakes like that, it's they're stepping stones, you know, like uh, there are, you know, those affirmation kind of things about I don't lose, I learn, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's never a loss. There's a learning experience. Um, th that kind of is true. I mean, th there's still losses, but you can learn from them and um, even the pain you can learn from. And so, I think uh, about the time I was 30, I left the book industry, that's the retail that I used to be in. I used to manage 
um, at a Borders, and so Borders Books and Music before they went out of business. Mm-hmm. And then I managed a couple of um, smaller independent stores, one in Lafayette, one in Oakland. And um, I messed up at that Oakland store. We, we opened a store in Malibu and I moved down there. And um, I pretty much did like wanted to come back to Oakland. They're like, no, we have a job for you here in Malibu. And I was like, no, I, I, I don't want to be here. Yeah. And it kind of forced me out of the book world. And oh. um, it, it was when there, there was a, a huge crossroads at that point. Cause I, I still, and this is like, I was 31 right around there. And um, I ha- still hadn't finished college. I had gone to community college, um, went to Oregon state, dropped out and hadn't finished that. And I decided, okay, I, I got to stop with this, like these jobs that I love in the moment, but I know aren't going anywhere. Um, and, and I need to figure out what the next step is going to be. And the, one of the things that has been in the back of my mind since I was a little kid is being a teacher along with like being an astronaut and a, you know, major league baseball player and all, all the other things that fell away as I realized <laughs> I talent for those things. Um, and one of the things I loved about books was when parents would bring in their kids and be like, he doesn't like reading, you know, can you recommend anything? And that kid would turn into a repeat customer. And that was like incredibly fulfilling every time that happened. Sure. I thought, okay, well maybe, maybe teaching. And so I, I went back to school, I finished my bachelor's and then it was like immediately to the teaching credential program at USF, which is where I met my individual wife and then, you know, found my way to Burton. So the turning point was right at that. I, I got to make a decision that is for the long term, not just for the short term. And I got to make a decision that is hard. Like, I got to go back and tackle that college thing because that was a failure that had been on my mind for, you know, like 10 years at that point. Yeah. And um, that, that was the turning point when I started doing things that were hard because I knew that was what would be fulfilling. Like you said, the work is fulfilling. And um, that made everything in my life a little more luminous. That's crazy, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I've had, I would say, a similar, I guess, experience. Or so my my twenties. I don't know if I've I've mentioned this to you before, but I've had twelve, thirteen jobs in like ten years or <laughs> thirteen years. Did a lot of learning, losing and learning for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, same similar thing. Thirty kind of came into you know to my life and started really thinking about the stuff that mattered to me and how can I do that all the time uh, was like a big thing for me um, do you think 30 is kind of like that that age where that happens to people or maybe you know uh, from your experience yeah if you're if you're very fortunate yes mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people they there's no way that you can float through your 20s you know like i come from a family that had like financial stability and not just financial stability for themselves but to support me as i floundered around and fuck things up um and not everybody has that you know like i i'm really fortunate in that regard um so yes and no Mm -hmm. um i think as long as you have some stability in your life then yeah 30 is a year kind of a you know it, it's a there's a there's a mental reckoning that goes along with 30 like okay i'm not i'm not a kid anymore um but i still have a lot of like prime years left it, it's time to to do something with them sure no, i got you i got you and you're right you know i feel like just because in my experience it, it worked out that way for me uh, when i speak to younger people uh, especially on this podcast and they're maybe 25, 27, uh, you know, I'm always like, oh yeah, just wait till you get to 30 and then things are just going to click. Things are going to, you know, you know, uh, you're going to be pushed into a certain direction that really speaks more to your personality and more, more to your mission. Uh, at least that's what I hope. I'm very optimistic about folks. Um, so, but it's good to hear that the other side too. I, I hate always just like being one track minded, um, and I, I always want to be open to other perspectives and different ways of thinking. But you're right. Some some people don't have the right circumstances for things those things to happen, especially like giving it 
it's like a deadline oh at 30 you're supposed to be at this point in life right yeah and, and we we get really caught up especially you know working with teenagers that there's this this kind of cloud hanging over teenagers that if you don't have your your career track figured out by the time you leave high school you're in deep trouble and i try i try to tell them like that's not how how it works like yes the earlier you figure things out the better that's more life that you get to live with it figured out that's cool um but if you don't figure it out uh like that's what life is life is figuring stuff out it's not just like oh i've got i've got my plan and i'm executing my plan and i'm happy uh your plans are going to fall apart whether it's your job plan or your family plan or your relationship plan like uh, those things are going to break somewhere along the way and you're going to have to adjust and figure it out and and like adjusting to those changes and being becoming comfortable with uncertainty is a huge part of i think um building that fortitude for happiness mm. um i think uh it it the, a lot of my 20s was that um, being comfortable with the uncertainty and, and being okay with the idea that I had failed at something and I could go back and try to unfail, I guess, you know, yeah. and that, that was college for me is I, I didn't know why I was there right after high school. Um, I was there because everybody else was there. I was there because everybody said, that's what you need to do after high school. And um, I wish there had been somebody that, that told me, you know what if if you don't know why you're going there find something that you do know why you're going to do it because what i ended up doing is a bunch of different jobs kind of like you you know uh, a bunch of different jobs for me it ended up being a bunch of different bookstores <laughs> but, <laughs> I got you. Um, but you know each of those was was its own learning experience and i found out all kinds i found out where the line was for me in like kind of all aspects of my life what was i willing to put up with what was i not willing to put up with what was important to me? Um, what did I value in other people? Um, what did I want other people to look at me and value? And that was the growth, you know, got borders that, that bookstore was kind of my college experience. Mm. Um, I met all these people that were very different than me, but all in the same place for all the same life circumstances. They, they liked the same things. Um, their choices brought them there, which is the opposite of high school where you're only there because of your parents you know your parents I, I mean uh to be crude about it you're in your high school because you're all your parents fucked at the same time in the same place like that's that's it and there's there's, there's a lot of artificiality to that you know that's why by the time they're seniors our students are like god i'm sick of all these people get me out of here i'm there's nobody that I want to date here. <laughs> I just I just need a bigger a bigger pool. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, no, I, I had similar feelings, man, and I I don't think I've come to peace just yet with my twenties. Even though it was a it was a wild adventure, um, I feel like there was a lot of mistakes, and I shouldn't say this, but I still feel this way, and that's why I'm working on a lot of time wasted, you know. Um, and yeah, I, I know hope that. I hope it comes into more focus as I get older and I can come finally look back and say it, it all meant something. It all connected and it all worked out. Uh, and I'm not there just yet, but uh, for anyone out there who might be feeling the same way, we all on this journey together. Um, yeah, same thing with college. I, I went because my folks wanted me to. Like For me, it was like my parents gave up everything to move to this country for my education. And so... How could I tell them I'm not going? <laughs> like, you're, yeah. you're oh, yeah. that, is, that is a level of pressure for sure. I'm, um, I'm my, uh, so I'm Filipino. I, I don't look it, but um, um, my grandpa came here. Same thing in the 19, like late 20s, early 30s, and so all my, like my mom and all her siblings kind of felt that same pressure. You know, mm. not necessarily for college because. For the first few kids, college was not on the table. That was money that they didn't have. But her younger brother, who was the baby of the family, like that was the only thing he could do was college. Like you are going to college. You are getting a job. You're going to become executive level. You are going to succeed. And uh, kind of, you know, almost at the detriment of the rest of the family, 
in in some ways. So, um, yeah, I get that. That that kind of pressure was not on me, um, but neither of my parents graduated from college. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad was successful. My mom was successful, but neither went to college. And so when it got to the college thing, my sister did great. But my sister is also somebody who can navigate those things. Like she just, she's five years older than me. She, um, when she went to school, she had a plan. You know, she got really good grades in high school. She did the school thing really well. She has an innate ability for that. She worked her butt off to get those good grades. And so when it came time for college, there were scholarships. Um, there were, you know, acceptance letters. <laughs> And there were choices, and um, she was just really good at that stuff. I was not. I was uh, very like um, disorganized um, mentally, emotionally, uh, physically. Like everything was just a mess. And I barely graduated high school, so the only college open to me was community college. And luckily, when I went there and flailed around and messed that up, it didn't cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I got you. I am still, uh, you know, in my debt. I'm hoping for a little bit of forgiveness, uh, hopefully coming <laughs> up soon. And yeah, I, still, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm uh, in your corner. I hope you get it. Uh, <laughs> I still have student loans too, because um, I, I amassed the debt later mm-hmm. when, in my 30s when I, I realized this is what I need to do. Um, I'm still paying for that and uh a lot (laughs) um enough to like have to consolidate loans my my student loans and i'm paying through that so there's there's no debt relief for me um Mm. but i i sincerely hope like it all gets canceled for y'all everything because i think our economy would take off and i mean just think about the burden lifted off of all those people's shoulders that's got to happen Oh, I, I feel the monkey on my back all the time. And I mean, yeah. even even if there's, it hurts. <laughs> there's a little bit of light in the tunnel and, I, you know, it's one of those things I can't believe until it happens kind of thing. Right. Uh, right. You, you cross your fingers and you hope for it and yeah. you, you just keep paying those bills until <laughs> hoping that one day somebody just says, OK, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, let's move on to the second question of the warm up, which is how would you like to be honored? If there's some sort of act I could do to express the energy you possess, what's what what's that act? What could I do for you? Um, the year of the pandemic, so 2019, uh, I finally like did a um, GoFundMe for a Burton food pantry, and um, like raised three thousand dollars or so for a Burton food pantry. And I had asked Bill Kappenhagen for it when he was principal. I had, I talked to Sam Bass about it when he was principal. And um, it just never really got off the ground because there wasn't, you know, I kept saying, like, can we do this? How can we do this? And I finally just said, I'm doing it myself. And so I, I got this this big chunk of money from mostly former Burton students. Oh. And that was really beautiful, like huge donations from former students. And it, it was just like incredibly um, humbling and uh, and life-affirming and we, we so we have this money and i went out and i bought all this food like shelf stable stuff i i cleared out my big closet in my classroom and i was like this is the burton food pantry from now on and we publicized it and i started having this trickle of kids like they would come in they'd be like is this where the food pantry is and i was like yes come in you know it's open lunch and fifth period because I, I always have a fifth period prep and it's open lunch and fifth period come in grab a bag take whatever you need and so that was like November, right around when my son was born. Mm-hmm. And then like three months later, the pandemic hits and all that food just sat there. Um, and then it ended up in wellness and it ended up getting distributed. We didn't end up wasting any of it, but it still, then I was on sabbatical the next year or we on zoom the next year and the sabbatical the next year. So I come back this year and there's no food pantry. So I would love or Burton to have a food pantry and that way that could honor me that would be great and if it didn't honor me that'd be fine as long as Burton had a food pantry that our our students could access yo man I, I'm very happy to hear you tell me that story because I didn't know that that was something that came from you and kind of uh you know in the community but you know you had this idea 
and it was working and unfortunately lost momentum because of the pandemic um we had like a, everything right <laughs> like everything um we did have a pantry like pasted we had a room specifically for it um it had you know we're able to access the food bank so when we go there we try to get like the dry stuff um and have them in their cans and whatnot i think our challenge was that either like the kids we were reaching out to weren't the kids that really needed it so they'd go in there being i don't want to say picky but you know they, they were looking for certain yeah. things that are there and aren't there um yeah. and then also you know it's a big challenge to get families to come and engage with us so yeah. i think those two things and also like the issue of keeping things you know clean and hygienic was also an issue um so we definitely took a step back i think you know i was one of those people where i felt like we were putting a lot of effort into it but wasn't really seeing the effects and we were until we figured out how to do it better we had to take a step back that being said i'm down i mean i don't know how much capacity you have but if it's something where like we can get the food if you kind of want to hold like a closet again um yeah because it seems like yeah that space in my room i will Hold on, yes, that, that would be great. Um, it, it seemed to work because there was some privacy there. You know, like the, they were coming into my my room because it was like, I'm anonymous. Most of the kids didn't know me. And okay, I go into this room and it's that closet and I just grab stuff and go. And, you know, once they see me a couple times and they realize I'm not gonna get in their face, I'm not gonna ask them questions, I'm not gonna make them uncomfortable. Um, it, it seemed to work. And so I had these repeat kids that were coming in and grabbing stuff once or twice a week. And it would, it would be, I, I would love for that to pick back up. That would Dude, be amazing. We're going to do it for sure. And I, I don't, cool. I'm not going to promise uh, anything, but like, I think you can tell by the work I do, I, I'm really passionate about this stuff. So we'll make it happen. Awesome. Cool. I'm, I'm glad I could answer this question real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, and then let's move on to our last question of the warm-up, which is, on a scale from one to 10, how well do you know yourself? I was ready for this one. It's a two. It's a two? Why, why it's a two? two. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I'm a pretty introspective and reflective person, but there are things that I've discovered about myself just in recent years that I never knew were there. So um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I got freaked out about COVID and not just because of what was going on in the news and, you know, the number of people, the infections and people dying and all that, but it was, um, personal for two reasons. Number one, I was overweight. Um, I weighed in the 230 to 240 pound range. I'm five foot 10. And one of the things like there, there was that whole comorbidity thing and, okay, if I'm overweight and I get this, I am more likely to have a really, really bad time with it, potentially deadly time with it. And that's hard enough. When you have two little kids, it's terrifying. And I thought, I've always, I've lived with this for a long time, like 10 years of knowing that I needed to get my weight under control. And now I have this, really huge reason why there are no more excuses there's no more oh it's going to happen later it'll happen eventually it'll happen tomorrow it's got to happen now because i want to see my kids turn 30. you know i i don't want my kids to talk about me in the past tense before they turn 10. and um i changed the way i ate i started walking on a treadmill every day and eventually the walking turned into running. Um, I lost 70 pounds, it was like a third of my body weight. And um, I never knew I had that in me. I had no clue that I could be a runner. Um, and I, you know, I used to play baseball in high school. I, you know, I, um, I was a pretty athletic guy. I played sports all the time. Um, but I hated, I've always hated running, like hated running, like running was always a punishment um, for being late to practice or something like that. Mm. And so 
if I can turn into a regular long distance runner who loves it, I run five miles. I wake up at four in the morning every day to run five miles. And, um, I love it. I, I can't get enough of it really. Like on the weekends I don't run because I've realized now that at 48 years old, my body breaks down <laughs> when I'm running that much every day, I need to give it time off. But on Saturday and Sunday, I get irritable because I'm not running. That is something I had no idea I had the capacity for. And if that's true of just that one area of my life, um, I imagine all the other things that I might really love, but have no idea because I don't really know myself that well. I think um, our brains go on endlessly, right? Like our minds and our 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 imaginations are infinite and um, we only find their limits by living and having experiences and uh, while I'm 48 and my body has limits <laughs> um, I th- there's so much more that could be out there so I don't, I don't think I know much about myself at all I got you man and uh you know, I hope to learn more about myself as I get older, as much as you have. Um, and mad props and respect for for your, you know, I don't want to call it like, I guess. Oh, it's weight loss. Just yeah. go ahead. I mean, I mean, there's there is weight loss uh, journey. Yeah, I don't I don't want to fat shame anybody uh, because, you know, um, I lived that way and had a happy life for a long time. I had kids, I bought a house like, you know, but that, I, what I was afraid of is it contributing to my debt my premature death and and leaving my kids that that's it you know um so uh it has nothing to do with like body shaming or anything like that it was just for me in my life um it needed to be addressed because it was i was tired i had headaches all the time um i was taking more motion than any human being should because i was constantly like dealing with headaches and so it, it just had to happen for me no, I got you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if, if I, I feel like we don't talk like this at at our business place. So, um, you know, I, I had a lot of weight loss. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're running from one place to another and always waiting for the bell to happen. And, and then we got to run somewhere else. So very yeah. true. Very it's true. It's, it's nice to talk to you like this. Likewise. Uh, I, I had my own weight loss journey as well. I was probably like... 275 at my most and this was back in high school and at this time i had two acl surgeries two meniscus surgeries yeah that's uh that's uh, so hard like my my i've had problems with my right knee since i was 11 mm. so like that's that's a contributing factor right it's way harder to get out and and work your body when you have that chronic pain for sure and i think uh, which flip 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 the switch for me. I went to college in Long Beach, so I was away from family, away from everybody, and the loneliness loneliness got to me. Like I spent all the time in the gym. Pretty much that was my way to kind of uh, alleviate that loneliness. Uh, and then after that, I remember coming back and people were like, "Are you sick?" Like <laughs> I don't know. If you, I don't think I don't know if you got those reactions as well. But I did. Yeah. Yeah. There like, were a few people. It's like yeah, um, <laughs> uh, somebody you've had on your on your podcast, Miss um, mm. Savin. And she's mm. like, yeah, I noticed. I didn't want to say anything because you know sometimes the reason people lose weight is that they're sick. I was like, yeah, I totally get that. Like, um, it, that's that's fine. You don't you don't have to say anything. I understand. But no, I'm not sick. No, for sure. Um, yeah, thanks. And I know you're active. 4 a.m., five miles a day. That's that's the routine. It's the only way to run in a way that doesn't um, affect my partner. You know, my we have two kids. If sure. uh, if I ran at six, um, she would be co-parenting in the morning at like you know when she really should be asleep still. So now it's another pandemic thing. It was like, yeah, we have all this time, but we're kind of stuck in the house. There's only so much we can do. If I'm going to do this, I need to do this at a time that it doesn't affect her and her parenting. You know, it's got to be something I'm taking care of on my own. And so back then it was, I would wake up at five to do it. 
but now that we have a commute <laughs> it's <laughs> <got> four <laughs> and uh so you got that you got beast mode every day uh how are you yes. with the food i feel like i struggle with food all the time as far as eating i still got those uh big boy tendencies that i like to call them but <laughs> are you are you pretty right, firm it's, it's on that ups as well? and downs, ups <laughs> and um i really like oreos um and uh i'm a vegetarian so that helps and that that has i've been vegetarian for like 20 years so that that helps a lot but uh like right now I'm, I'm working really hard on counting my calories and mm. for like like when milo got sick in november and was in the hospital for four days from there until about february i stopped counting calories i stopped really paying attention and i gained like 10 pounds like over that time and i was like okay i gotta rein this back in and so like i said it's a it's a roller coaster it's it's a your motivation is not static it is um it's something you have to work at to, to maintain, you know, to, to push that level of motivation. I also, in January, I hurt my hip somehow. And so I was like running through this hip pain and, you know, trying to figure out what the, what the limit limitations were. And, you know, do I, do I need to just stop running for a couple of weeks? And, um, so the, like those things came together once it started feeling better, I was like, okay, I can run again. I need to really like rein in the, the eating you know, and, and make sure that, that I'm spacing out my food through the day. Like there's, you know, the snacks are more healthy and, you know, less, uh, chips and cookies and more, um, carrots and hummus. And, you know, the little, those little micro decisions that you make throughout the day that by the end of the day, if you don't make them, they add up to like another meal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's constant. It's kind of a, it's a constant like lifestyle choice. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm good at it some days. Like right now I'm, I'm doing okay. And I was bad, bad at it for like three months. It's seasons for me, for sure. Seasons of yeah. like real motivation, real focus on it. And then I get, uh, what's it called? I get content with where I'm at health wise. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can, you know, have some wiggle room and then a cycle. It happens every year for me. Uh, I'm glad to find feel like I found like a, a happy medium of everything where I know what when it's coming usually holidays I'm like F it I'm gonna splurge yeah. and then January February summer though is definitely my time to like I don't know what it is you have a season that you always look forward to I feel like for me it's summer I'm a, I'm a spring guy um mm -hmm. gotcha. I I, I kind of I've gotten to a point where I like all the seasons when I was in high school I loved summer like the hotter it was the better when I played baseball, like the hotter it was, the happier I was. Um, you know, like those days it's like, I, I grew up in Livermore where the summers can get up to like, you know, it's, it's averages, feels like it averages a hundred for the oh, whole yeah. summer. It's not that hot, but it feels that way. And so you'd walk out on in to, to play sports and you'd immediately be warm. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to do anything. You're already sweating. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. So it used to be summer. Now I would say I, I like the renewal of spring. There's always that that feeling you get sometime in February or March where you walk outside, it's a little warm out, and you feel that breeze and you smell you smell spring. Mm -hmm. And I, I dig that. I love that time of year. That's what's up. But at the same time, I appreciate different things about different parts of the year. So I hear you. I hear you. But there's, there's just one that we kind of just like enjoy a little bit more. Uh yeah, I like summer a lot because as a teacher, I've two and a half months off and now as a teacher who's a father i get two and a half months with my kids which um isn't always beautiful but um you know that's that's hard constant parenting is hard but um all the extra time i have with them is is very precious eventually they're going to be teenagers and they're going to want to talk to me so <laughs> i like it now I mean, they'll become teenagers and then they'll become adults who appreciate you even more, hopefully. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I hope they'll call me. Um, they're they're going to watch this video and I hope they hear that message and call you as soon as they, they see yeah, it. I, great idea. I will make sure that I, I uh, have the link ready to go in the email. For sure. <laughs> um, all right, boss. Well, we made it to the icebreaker portion of the, um, um, of the podcast. You got two choices. You'd rather do a this or that or a word association, which way would you like? 
Um, do word association is fine. Word association. Um, so you're going to see a little countdown. You got 34 seconds on the clock. It uh, doesn't really mean anything. It just keeps things progressing. Um, what's it called? If at the end of the 34 seconds, I will you know, follow up with a couple of your answers. All right. Cool. Here we go. In three, two, one, people. Love them. Pain. Unavoidable. Art. One of my reasons. Crazy. A too often used insult. Idea. Precious. And missing. All the people from before. Mm. Gotcha. I wanted to touch on the first one, which was... I said, people, you said, love them. Well, why, why, why'd you think, why'd you say love them? <laughs> um, I, I think it's really easy with social media um, to develop um, misanthropy. Uh, and and it, to watch TV and view other people, I think it's become, watching people with cynicism is one of our favorite spectator sports. Mm. And um, I, I find that uh, antithetical to my existence, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, I got you. Even though, like, I fall into the trap, like everybody else, you know. Mm -hmm. um, watching, like, I'm a, I'm a basketball fan, and watching the Memphis Grizzlies right now, it is really easy to watch them, especially as a Warriors fan, and think, God, those guys, like, why don't they just shut up, you know? And then I stop and I think, you have said some of those ridiculous things to other human beings in your life. And a lot of them happened when you were 23, <laughs> like like John Moran is. Um, so who the hell are you to talk? You know, let them be kids. And obviously there's, there's a point at which, you know, our immaturity crosses a line. And um, I think that's the case with like Dylan Brooks uh, injuring people. Um, and it looks on purpose, but, uh, for the most part, I think, uh, it's really easy to pick out all the bad things that people do. And it's really easy to miss that we pick those things out because they're so infrequent. Like really when it comes to the whole of human behavior, um, there's a lot more beauty and love and kindness and caring and support and helping then there is that ugly behavior. And so I try to nurture that. People are good. My, if my faith is anywhere, it's in the goodness of other people. As uh, was it Mr. Rogers said, um, if there's ever something wrong, look for the helpers. Mm -hmm. right? I, don't, I don't know if that was Mr. Rogers now that I think about it. Let's hope it was. Um, but, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I like to nurture that outlook because... Uh, all the best parts of my life have always been because of other people, you know, um, mentors, my parents, my family, my grandpa, um, uh, my dad, who, you know, I had a bad relationship with as a, as a kid and then grew into kind of a beautiful, like restructured and rehabilitated relationship as an adult. Um, all that beauty came from people. So, that's where that answer came from. I got you, man. And that was beautiful, man. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's funny when you were bringing up watching people, uh, you know, especially shows and stuff. I'm a big consumer of <laughs> TV shows. Uh, and I am too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like to believe that, you know, because of my personality, I don't view it with cynicism. You know, I view it. I, I think I love it so much is because the same reason why I love talking to people is I just want these stories. I want to hear like the background, the, the character growth and all these different things. Um, that being said, I totally forgot where I was going with it. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, I do that all the time. Yeah. Let, let, let me just follow through with the, what's, what's been a show that's been hitting you different 
like recently that sticks out? Uh, God, I guess it's kind of cliche to say Ted Lasso, but um, like Dude. Ted Lasso is such a good show. I, and I, I think it, it's because of that. Um, he sees that humanity in everybody and like is, is always trying to stay true to that. Uh, um, my relationships are my life. You know, my world is the relationships that I have with other people and what I cultivate um, with other people. And so I really like there are so many moments in every show where I just like, God, that just nails the emotion of dealing with another human being, you know, Dude, yeah. um, and, and wanting those those interactions to be positive and, and fulfilling. Um, so that one's really good. There's another one that I've been watching called Three Pines on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, based on this uh, a writer named Louise Penny who writes um, Inspector Gamache mysteries like the the series is all mysteries with this this one character love mysteries. and they take quest in place in uh quebec mm. and so um they're the through line through the the only season i think it got canceled after one season so we're like right at the end of the the only season that exists but the through line is that all these missing indigenous women and um the Canadian residential schools that contributed to like tearing families apart and cultural genocide of indigenous Canadian people. And, um, that show is, uh, really is fascinating. It's informative. It's like centered around ideas of, um, like generational trauma and trying to achieve that like generational healing and justice. Mm-hmm. It's also like this really good mystery in each show on top of that so that that one's been really good since we started watching it three pines I I definitely check that out uh ed lasso i tell people is my spirit animal um <laughs> definitely want to bring that same same energy for sure uh, i love that show and have you seen uh what's it called shrinking yet We've seen, I think, two episodes of that. We will finish that. That sure. that is, we'll, we will go back. Oh, it starts hitting uh, hard for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. We we just got to the episode. Um, man, what is his patient? The the he's a is he a vet? Yes, like veteran that that um like has anger issues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where uh, he he defends him mm-hmm. and like like protects him and then gets arrested for it. Uh, yeah, there, there's like some heavy stuff there and we only have so much time. Like our kids, uh, we start bedtime at six 30. It hopefully ends at eight. And then we have time for one show. I, if I'm waking up at four, yeah, staying up late is, is really hard. So we have time for like one show a night, okay. uh, during a week. And that's if everything goes smoothly with bedtime, which it hasn't for like two weeks. <laughs> so we have to pick and choose no, for sure. with, with the shows that we watch we just finished mandalorian season three so mm. sometimes that's all we have like that kind of uh you know um brain candy uh semi-mindless nothing super serious is going on here show yeah so that our, our brains can cope and then go to bed yeah i think i get that through youtube videos honestly like i watch a lot of reviews on tv shows or reviews on movies and Cool. If, if I don't have the time to watch the whole thing, I'll just watch those real quick. Uh, but now I got you, man. And now that I know, well, I'll be definitely, you know, just dropping Ted Lasso here and there when I see you in the hallway oh. or something. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, just a heads up, Toddy. Uh, <laughs> we have about 10 ish minutes left in the podcast, man. I hope you've all been right. having a good time. Uh, yeah, that was great. great for me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, but. Uh, let's try to do I think I almost want to wait hold off on the wheel for today uh, and just jump into the some of the closeout stuff if that's cool with you sure so this first one is actually an activity and if you're comfortable I would ask you to close your eyes for this one okay all right so eyes closed you're imagining that you're in the forest you know taking a journey stroll solo just by yourself uh, you end up in a place where you, there's just tall trees around you and you feel like you need to get something off your chest, um, something you need to scream out. I have the prompt for you, uh, which is, I am, I can, I will. 
So when you think so of the filling blanks after I am, I can. Correct. I will. Correct. Okay. Um, and then whenever you're ready, let me know and we'll get you on there. Feel free to open your eyes and let it rip. Wow, this is hard. Um, Take your time. Take. The first thing that comes to mind is um, regarding sleep. So I am tired. I can... go to sleep on time every once in a while I will go to sleep on time tomorrow night (laughs) (laughs) I got you I got you and if you ever have trouble sleeping you're going to have to play this back to yourself just to give you that extra affirmation I'm going to write it down (laughs) write it down every day journal it journal it (laughs) here we go post-it note writing it down (laughs) I am, I can, I will. I'm tired. Um, I, I am a career insomniac, so it's it's like this curse I inherited from my mother, who is an early bird and a late bird, so like a night owl. So she wakes up at like 5.30 or 6 every morning and goes to bed at 1 or 2. And Ooh. that's fine, except when you have two little kids and a job that's across the like the third busiest bridge on the planet. Um. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I, 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 that's the first time I heard of that term, co- career insomniac. Yeah, um, I've yeah I've had. I I, I kind of referenced in the beginning of the podcast um, breakups and mm-hmm. the breakups that I've gone through. Um, while you know those, they are also those stepping stones that you you know you use to reach. A higher understanding, a better understanding of yourself, better understanding of what you want to be um, within and outside of your relationships, uh, and they they definitely made sleeping hard. You know, like my mind doesn't turn off. So yeah. All right, I've got it written down. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Hopefully, it helps. <laughs> Thank um, you. I hope so too. All right, boss. Uh, this next one, this next question is going to be coming from my previous guest. So shout out to Gus. Uh, Gus's question for you is, what's something that made you smile today? So many things. Um, do I have to stick with one? Not at all. Not at, if, whatever um, you feel comfortable sharing. I'd my love to, my I'd love fourth to period's goofiness. Um we're, we're, ta- we're so we're reading a not goofy and not happy book, uh, Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead, and it's about um, so the real school was called Dozier School for Boys in Florida, and they uncovered all these graves um, of kids that were killed there and just covered up. And Colson Whitehead found out about it and built this fictional nickel academy around it and wrote a novel about the atrocities that went on there. And so we're reading that. And part of what we're studying is the rule of law and how like the rule of law is kind of a a revolutionary idea. And um, today we were looking at uh, the World Justice Project and their rule of law index, which like looks at uh, how the rule of law is going in countries across like, ranks 140 countries in the United States is 26th. Uh, Denmark is number one. Venezuela is last at number 140. And um, so we're talking about all this stuff is like kind of a heavy subject, you know, like mm-hmm. tyranny is growing and um, uh, authoritarianism is growing and, and like all these these things like that and the kids are asking really good questions you know like what came first the dictator or the authoritarian or the sentiment in the populace that demanded an authoritarian leader like uh bolsonaro in in brazil or duterte in the the philippines or donald trump and like were people just ready for a leader like that or did that leader create the sentiment to a certain degree they're asking all these questions and it just turned into um, 
a lot of laughter and like shared joy around like, yeah, this is crazy, but we're all here together and we're having fun and we're joking and um, we're dealing with a heavy subject. But since we all like being together, it's okay. So that made me smile. They, they made me smile. They made me laugh. Um, I got you. My kids, <laughs> uh, picking up my daughter and her wanting to read this book that she's reading and like reading it wherever she goes and like trying to crawl into the car and get herself into mm-hmm. her her car seat, uh, her booster seat without stopping reading. Like it's, that's hilarious. <laughs> You're looking at it like, that's not going to work. How did you make that work? <laughs> um, my son telling me he's going to go out back. I'm like, you don't have, you don't have shoes on. Like you can't go out back. It's time for dinner. You need to come back and eat. And him standing at the door, like, well, what if I just put one foot out? <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be upset if you go outside right now. And then he shuts the door and he looks at me and I'm like, thank you, Milo. And then he just comes running at me and jumps into my arms. Um, how can you not smile at that? So there are lots of awesome. smiles around right now. My gosh, I'm man. Very thank, thank you for sharing, man. That, that's some intimate moments with the with your kids. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say your, your daughter can read while driving, or like you're driving, because I get like I feel like she she does get motion sickness sometimes, but if she, yeah, right now, you know they have those scholastic book fairs. Oh um, yeah, I miss those. <laughs> we, we were like, God, we can't really spend money on these books right now. And my mom was like, I'll buy them. <laughs> so my mom just bought all these books for her. And she came home with like, it was like 15 or 16 books wow. that she got in the mail at school. And so she's been like reading those nonstop. And yeah, she wants to read them everywhere. We cannot get her attention to do anything like Echo it's dinner echo it's dinner my daughter's name is echo by the way that's dope. echo uh it's like it's time to brush your teeth Echo, it's time to get into your pajamas like we have to say it five or six times because she's just you know entranced by the book she's holding and sometimes it's frustrating but as an english teacher never really gets that frustrating no for sure for sure that's why thank you when she goes down the stairs reading is is kind of fraught with tension <laughs> i got you uh, that's lifelong leader. It seems like you know. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. All right. And my second to last question for you is: What would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to Thirty Four Questions? Ah, uh, what animates you? Ooh, what, what in this world animates you and and gets you get your juices flowing, gets you excited, gets you um ready to engage? Yeah, man. Uh, I like answering this last one too, so I, I, I kind of gotta take a moment to think about it. Um, I mean, I feel like my my easy answer is like, oh, you know, I feed off other people's energy. You give me good energy, I'm definitely gonna get animated. But I think what it is is when I, I think why I really love my job and. I don't know if I come off as animated at work, but it's this thing of like, one, I, I really want to just create better community. And that's like my goal. And what takes it over the top is when I feel like the, the people I'm doing it with or doing it for are are willing to help build that as well. Right. So yeah for me every every like i don't like missing work because i think it's very crucial to build community to just be present and be there um yeah that that showing up is a huge part of it for sure so you know i feel for me to be animated like every day i feel like i'm more comfortable to get even more animated and you know i tell my boss you know let me know if it ever gets too much because i might (laughs) i might just go all, all out here uh and but I, I think it really works, especially like, you know, the teenagers energy that you're talking about. Um, that's something that I think they are very open to. It's like this guy's a character and they're like, you know, they'll, they'll engage with me because they see me as a character, which. I, yeah, I, I think that's true. And I, I have to say, whenever I see you and you smile, like your smile is always like, you know, thousand watt and genuine. Like, that's what it looks like. It, it looks like mm-hmm. that is like a, a true smile, not a. I'm smiling because I have to smile at you. It's a smile of 
like genuine warmth and and kindness and openness and i've always appreciated that right on uh, right on tiny <laughs> is it i'm trying to catch myself but uh yeah man it's someone's told me that before and you know i have my insecurities with my smile my teeth ain't straight but you know people or are mine <laughs> and you know it, it it has you're not the first person to tell me that and it's still hard for me to take compliments or believe that right like because i think i thought everybody smiled <laughs> i thought everybody <laughs> like uh you know is open to do that um and but you're right I, maybe that's what it is maybe I'll, I'll get more feedback as time goes on um but i appreciate you noticing that and like giving me props for it it, it helps me out for sure um oh, but yeah i don't want to keep you too long man i know it's it's a uh, might be tv time if you get the chance but <laughs> probably not <laughs> yeah not, not, not tonight probably not tonight. it's gonna be doing laundry and then going to bed i got you so let me make this last question easy for you 100 200 300 years from now your descendants are watching this video what would you like to tell them uh man um i am sorry that we messed up this environment so much and i hope that immediately upon this podcast ending we figured out a way to stop consuming so much and start uh, uh, healing the planet so that your existence is not miserable. Gotcha. Like, that's such a bummer to end on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, man, no worries. Uh, I, I just, I feel like um, it's really hard for me to go through my, so as much as I love people, um, individual people are, you know, the, the beautiful part of my life. We as a species, we got work to do. That's another and, story. Um, uh, you know, I look at, I, honestly, every time I see a roadkill, I think that's an animal whose habitat was taken away by us in our drive to have everything as convenient as possible for us. And um, if we are killing like that squirrel right there, that is like it, this this one tiny little piece of the destruction we are sowing all over the planet, and it can't go on. You know, like we we have to make major changes, or 300 years from now there won't be ancestors to watch this. Um, and if there, even if there are, uh, will the technology exist for them to watch this or will they be living in, you know, the rubble of the empire? So gotcha. I, I hope, I hope our innovation and our survival instinct combine to, um, fix this shit. Like I said in the beginning, uh, I'm I'm optimistic. <laughs> as much as it, it, it kind of hurts, I really try to be on this one. I really try to be, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Uh, you know, especially with kids. I re I read the road. I, you know, I, I've seen episodes of The Last of Us. I I do not want to have to protect my kids from zombies or you know plagues or whatever. Yeah, let's knock on wood for that one. Yeah, um, I, all I can do is run. I can't fight. <laughs> I can just pick my kids up and run. But eventually, you run. You know, you run out of steam for that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think you'll you'll be able to figure it out if it ever came <laughs> to that. You know, you'll learn more about yourself. You know, you'll you'll figure out new skills and new opportunities. You're um, right. Yeah, <laughs> that is the way to look at it. Yes, I I can survive the apocalypse. Believe it, man. Uh, I want to thank you again. <laughs> For, for stopping by this was this was awesome man and you know i want to just make sure like i will come to you talk about uh the pantry for sure that is definitely Excellent. something I'm big i'm looking forward to that um what's it called any last things you'd like to add before we head out of here um uh let's see something positive something positive to, <laughs> wrap, it <up. laughs> to, to uh, wrap it up instead of the the apocalypse talk um what is something positive 
Um, I'm really going to miss my students this year at the end. This has been a hard year. Um, and we are coming up on, I feel like we have six weeks left, right? Yeah. Like yeah. We have six weeks left of this school year. And I feel this year, even with a difficult year, um, the same way I always feel with six weeks left, which is I'm going to miss these kids a ton. And so, um, uh, the teenagers are still beautiful and their hope for the future and their potential for the future is still beautiful. And, uh, I'm really thankful for the job that I have because I'm in such close proximity to that all the time. It's a very yeah. life affirming. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, I want to thank you again, Adi, for stopping thank by. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. For sure, man. If you uh, know anybody else who'd be interested in something like this or find it, um, you know, valuable, please send them my way or, you know, let me know who I can reach out to. Uh, um, you, you should definitely go back to Mr. Nielsen and get him to do it. Really? Okay. Yes, you should. You should. I, I will badger him. We, okay. we carpool together, so I will tell him tomorrow morning. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think Mr. Nielsen's a character too, <laughs> even though it's from far, yeah. far away. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's it called? I want to thank all the folks out there for tuning in. If you listen on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or watching this on YouTube, definitely appreciate your time as well. Please remember to reach out, reach forward as always much love. And we'll catch you guys next time. On 34 questions. Peace. And it kind of fades out from there. Man.